want to begin tonight. We'll be, it'll take us through the summer. I'm take several messages. It's not going to be a very short series, but we'll obey God. And God wants something done in between. We'll try our best to obey Him. And you mark this in your Bible, put you, in, put you a little card there in the envelope. I just want, does anybody got a word of testimony? You want to brag on Jesus right quickly now, amen? I do want you to obey the Lord tonight. And if you'll obey Him, everything else will be all right. Amen? Grace, oh, Amen. Folks, we serve a God that is. Amen. Oh, my goodness. We need to understand. He's got perfect wisdom. And uh, so it's just wonderful. All right. Matthew chapter 7. Let's stand again. We'll begin reading verse 24. Mark your Bible. Put you a little envelope or a piece of paper or something there for the next several Sunday nights. We'll be coming back to this same passage. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And notice the next statement. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Amen. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house Upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and notice, it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. That's Brother Dean Eisenhower leads to the throne of grace. Yes. 
Amen. Be seated. I want to begin a series tonight entitled Building the House the Lord Blesses from the Ground Up. I want to use the analogy, if you will, of this building. Once upon a time, there was a little church. Decided it was time to build. After all, people were leaving. We had them stuck in every corner. Chance would have it, five acres come up for sale right above the church. And so a meeting with a contractor was set, and we had several, but only one showed up. He looked over the, the land and said, man, we could build a beautiful church right here. I'm sure you recognize this as a story of our church. It was amazing because it really wasn't a good piece of ground to build on at the time because reality was it, the way it laid out. But as we think about this thing of, of building a house, the Lord blesses, God chose to use much like building this building. And uh, as a matter of fact, the... Uh, building a house or home, the Lord blesses, is so much like building this building that we're sitting in here tonight. It is almost unbelievable. So with the help of God, we want to look at that. Now, understand tonight, we can't start with the roof. We don't start with the walls. We got to start with where they started, and that was site preparation. So this tonight, we, we, that's where we'll start. Because um, good site preparation is essential to a good building. As a matter of fact, good site preparation is, a, is essential to building a good home. And the text talks about you can build your home on two different kinds of sites. One can be built on the rock. Bible says, and the winds blew and the rains come. By the way, they're going to come, amen. I wish they wouldn't, but they are. And the truth is, a wise man built his house upon a rock. But then, of course, he's talking about those that turns a deaf ear to what God's Word said. And he said, it's like a foolish man. And he built his house upon the sand. And notice, great... Not just that it fell, but great was the fall of it. And it was all on the site preparation and what they chose to build on. So tonight in this series, we'll start tonight with site preparation. Some of you have just recently got into the church and you may not know any of this, but some of you may know a great deal. But one of the first steps that happened in this site preparation was the old had to be removed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. One of the first things that's got to happen is the old house that's set here. By the way, there was a well on this property. Some of you didn't know that. There was a well on this property. It had to go. There was trees on this property. They had to go. And the truth of the matter is, 
The Bible's very clear. You can't build on sin, amen. You simply can. That's the reason the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. And so the first step that had to take place was that we had to get rid of all the old that was on this property. Um, there was an, at one time an old house stood here and it burned. As a matter of fact, at one time there was two houses here on this property that burned. Maybe that ain't a good, a good thing right there. There's two houses that burned and they both had to be removed. Oh, how we need to make sure. And our young people, one of the things you need to make sure that when you start dating, that you make sure they're saved. And I'm not talking about just the word added. I'm talking about you, you hang around them long enough. You'll know if they're saved. Their actions ought to prove their salvation. Amen. And you got to do that before the love bug bites you and your brain goes dead. You know? So you got to do that early. And uh, oh, how many times, oh, how many times people later on in years, and we'll talk about this some more next year, next week when we start talking about the footers. But I want you to know one of the first things you got to do is, is you got to be saved. I'm learning this very, very quickly. Many times people will come to me and they, they need help with their marriage and they're struggling. And, and uh, I found something. That, that if they're lost individuals, they, they cannot grasp what you're trying to tell them. I mean, you're, you're talking about faithfulness, sacrificial love, the necessity of keeping vows, and they don't get it. The reason being, 2 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So when lost individuals come, and uh, they want a pastor to fix their marriage, one of the first things you've got to find out is, do they know Jesus? Do they know the Lord? Are they saved by the grace of God? And because apart from that, Dr. Phil can't help you. Oprah can't help you. Dr. Ruth or nobody else can. Because it's going to take the blood of Jesus applied to your heart. Holy Ghost indwelling in you to be able to fix and to help. Because the Word of God is foreign to a lost man. If you've ever talked to a lost individual very long, when you start talking about, you know, being faithful to the house of God, they'll kind of look at you and say, man, why do we have to do that? It's, it's, it is foolishness to them because they don't understand it. Now, I, I'm amazed at this. See, we need to understand marriage was, was not man's invention. Marriage was God's invention. And so, since it is God's invention, He knows best how to build a home, a house, 
on the rock. It's his invention. One day, I love this. A man was, a young man was working on his car. And an old man come up behind him. The car quit and he's working on it. And he walks up and said, son, I, I can help you fix that car. And the young man said, son, said, old man, just leave me alone. This, this is a Ford automobile and you don't know nothing about this thing. He'll be okay. You don't know nothing about it. So the old man just got in his car and left. And what he didn't know was the man's name was Henry Ford. He invented the car so he knew more about it than anybody else. God invented marriage. Aren't you glad of that? Bible said it's not good that man should be alone. We'll do good by ourselves. Amen. I will make him a help me for him. Now the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl there and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Then the Bible says, He looked and there was none found, no help me for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. So God invented marriage. Now, with that in mind, what we need to understand tonight is this. When we start wanting to build on, on this, we've got, to get, we've got to get the land, we've got to get the site all prepared first. It's, it's raining hard outside. Whenever they was preparing around this church, there was no man on a motor grader and there at the front of the church, if you'll notice when you come down the hill, there is a little old dip in there like a ditch. I was standing there at the front of the church the day the man with the motor grader was digging and leveling all that up around there. And, um, and I just asked 10,000 questions when this building was built. I want to know why they'd done what they'd done. So I asked him, I said, man, why, why are you doing that? He said, because if I don't do that, when it rains hard, you're going to have water coming through the front door. And so he got done, and I said, man, I, I don't think that's going to be deep enough. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget that old man, he looked at me, and here's what he said. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. He said, when we're done with this, if one drop of water off that pavement, that driveway, comes in the front door, I'll pay for the church. I said, sounds like a deal to me. I'm telling you, I have watched it pour rain. I have watched it rain where you couldn't see just like it is outside. Now, don't look. Trust me, I wouldn't lie. It's raining. Cats, dogs, boats, houses, everything out there now. I've seen water come flowing down. And then I have seen, I have seen as that water just, when it gets that, it just goes both sides and then drains and it has never run into the church. Not one time. You know why? Because of site preparation. So the first thing we got to do and understand is this, that you got to be able to size. So the first thing we want to do, because whatever the site is, is what you're going to build on. So the first thing we got to do is build on Calvary. Got to build on salvation. You got to get it to the cross. You got to build on, on Calvary. Nothing can be built apart from Calvary. Amen. Well, you got to build on Calvary. What, you, know, you know why I want those youngest to listen to what these are singing? 
I want them to, I don't want them just to sing, to perform. I don't want them to sing, to be seen. I want them to know they're singing about somebody that knows their name. I want them to know who they're singing about. And that makes the whole song totally different. It just ain't a song no more. It's about worship. It's about praising Him. It's about singing to Him. I wanted them to, I wanted them to start listening. I said, I want you to listen to who you're singing to. It's not just about being, it's not about none of that stuff. And boy, when those tears started, I said, I, it's a working. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a working. You gotta build on Calvary. If you don't build on Calvary, if the site is not prepared correctly, it's going to have all kinds of problems. If you go in our parking lot and 2005, we built the fellowship hall. If you go and you can see where the, old, the new was added and to the old, you walk over this parking lot around through here and you're going to find that very few cracks in the asphalt. He's got some. All asphalt cracks some. But if you go over here, you're going to find long running cracks all through it. Here's the difference in why that happened. It happened because they prepared the site very well. They didn't prepare the site right. They didn't prepare it well. Now the asphalt's both the same. It's probably got the same thickness. But the truth was, the site wasn't prepared well. And as they started settling, it started cracking the asphalt. Now it didn't show up for two or three years. But now it's showing up big time. And the longer it goes, the more grass grows up to it, and the more we got to spray it, and sooner or later, we're going to have to do something with that to fix it. They didn't show up for a long time. But when the site ain't prepared just right, it'll, it'll affect everything. This, this side of this building, they hauled in over 800 loads of dirt. One of the things that they did was they packed it down and they would check and make sure that it was packing right. You know why? Because it's going to set a building on it. And if the site wasn't right, then this building would have cracked all over it. Now we have some now, but very little for a building this size. You know why? Because they prepared the site right. So you got to build on Calvary. Amen. Greatest thing you'll do is build on Calvary. Number two, build on the church. Psalmist said this in Psalms 84, 1 through 4. How admirable are thy tabernacles. The only time the word admirable is used in the Bible. It means utterly beautiful. O Lord of hosts, my soul longeth, man, it's, 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 it's raining transfer trucks out there now. Even saying it's, I'm about ready to go out there and watch it rain and just let preaching go. <laughs> My soul longeth, yay! <laughs> Even saying 
Most of you just dying to see it, ain't she? I know that. I'll keep you updated. Even fainted for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cried out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and a swallow nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. David wrote to some of to Asaph when he was driven out of the kingdom by Absalom. Now let me just say this: Solomon's throne, Solomon's temple hadn't been built. This was nothing more than a tent. And listen to what he's just saying. He said, "Man, the tent of God's a beautiful. It is beautiful, but that ain't my favorite part. This is my favorite part. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and a swallow a nest for herself." where she may lay her young, even thine altars. Birds had made their way into the house of God and were raising their babies there. Can I help you? There's no way to overestimate how important it is to build your house at the home on the house of God. Before you ever get married, it ought to be a settled habit of going to the house of God Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, revivals. Unless you're sick or, or working a regular job or, 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 or something like that. I'm going to tell you something. Before I would become a pastor, I was faithful to the house of God. Matter of fact, the things I learned, I learned at the house of God. You can be a good husband at the house of God. Now don't miss this. We want faithful people here. I really do. But if all I get is one service a week, then I'm going to love them people and treat them right. And I want you to do the same. Amen. But I would love for them to be here every week. And I'm going to keep preaching it. But if I just give one service, praise God, I'm going to still love them. Because one service in the house of God's bearing them sitting at home. I'm amazed at this. Would you please just really hear this? Because the devil uses it so often. Husband and wife has a little tith. Some of your tiffs is World War Three, amen? But have a little tiff. Or trouble with the kids. And, and you say, well, we ain't no, no, no need not going to church acting like this. That's the biggest lie you ever heard in your life. I, I heard people say this. Man, we got so discouraged, we decided we weren't going to come to church. My goodness. Can I ask you a question? What does staying at home, how in the world is that ever going to help you? Have you ever had a good and old-fashioned... No, don't, now don't look at me like you never know what I'm talking about. I mean a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost knock-down drag-out between husband and wife. And you got the long lip and you said, we're just going to stay home. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me, when did it fix anything? It don't. But you come to the house of God. As a matter of fact, those are the times you ought to run. You ought to get there 30 minutes early. The days you're fighting, I mean the days you're discouraged, the days you're on the run, get there early. Not late. Because I'm telling you, you, you get help. See, it's the most amazing thing happens. It'll happen here tonight. I'll bring one message. 
But if you would imagine a, a, a big old cake, a gospel message cake, and God slices it up for ever how many people there is here in this building tonight. And He's got a slice for every person here. And you know what? You know some people like icing? Some people don't. Have you ever seen anybody just eat all the icing off the cake? Amen. And leave the rest of it? Some people like icing. Some people don't. But you know what God will do? God will slice off that piece of cake. That part of the message, that word, that sentence, that statement, that, that verse, that, that one thing that you need in that service, custom made just for you. If you're here to get it. But if you're not here to get it, then somebody else gets their part, but you don't get it. Young people decide right now that whoever you date, they're going to be in the house of God when the doors is open. Number three, build on consistency. Build on Calvary, build the church, build on the church, build on consistency. Every family, every home needs to have a devotional spot. Every Christian needs to have a devotional spot. What do I mean by that? A place where you, where you take just... And I'm not talking about a long, drawn-out thing. I'm talking about a place where you read the Word of God. I'm talking about a place where you pray. I'm talking about a time, a set time that you read. I don't care if it's in the morning. How many of you read in the mornings? Amen. I read in the mornings. Amen. And during the day as well. How many of you read at night? Amen. How many of you don't read at all? Well, two, three. Amen. We ought to read something if it ain't but one chapter a day out of the Word of God. We ought to have a place and a time that we pray. And when you're fighting a battle, double the time praying. Make it more often. The greatest power any Christian has is the power to engage God on your behalf. I know for a fact that many in our church right now, there are battles to be all I ever seen. Some of you are, are, have issues you really need a, an answer from God on. You need a direction from God on. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you have it if you have a time to pray. You say, but preacher, I am so busy. We're not that busy. You can, you, just like anything else, you have a time you take a bath, don't you? Amen. Well, it's a time. It's a time. If it is, what's the week? It's a time. Amen. You have a time you eat. Don't tell me that's on just on Sunday. Say amen right there. Say every person. Consistency. See, here's what happens. Whenever we do this, God's Word will correct us. When we're not going to listen to another person, we'll hear what God has to say. Now, don't miss this. Perhaps your greatest battle is right here. But we get in revival or camp meeting or pastor school, and but we get excited about doing right. We get all excited. But I'm going to tell you something. Consistency is what keeps it going. Consistency. Now, there's a battle for it. 
You start having devotions at home, and I'm telling you, phone rings, the dog bites you, everything goes wrong. Amen. You, you try to have a, a, a devotional time, and I, I promise you, you and, the, you and your, your husband or wife will be a fight before you get started. It's, there's a battle for it. Ecclesiastes said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. That's what he said. You start having regular devotion on the kids will go crazy because consistency, consistency is the key to learning the principles of God. Most of the time, the great things you learn, you don't learn on the mountaintop. You're learning the consistency of things. Then number four, I love this one. Not only build, we're talking about site preparation. What you're going to build on. Build on Calvary, build on the church, build on consistency. But don't build, build on caring. I, I want this, now I've never seen this fail. Every home needs to build in the halls of service. Most problems that people have in their homes, it always involves selfishness. Almost never is there issues in homes where there's a spirit of service. Did you hear what I said? Almost every issue that, that families have and homes have, it's built around selfishness. And selfishness starts good and early. I'll tell you when it starts, when they're babies. Starts early. You don't believe it? Put two little kids together. Give them two, one toy and see what happens. Starts early. Selfishness is a poison to good home life. Selfishness will absolutely... I, I, I promise you, if you don't believe this, just think about it. Young couple, and... Um, I mean, they're just starting out. They don't have a lot of money. Got bills to pay. She said, we need to invest in a, uh, um, a washing machine. This night, God's 35 years old, and it's broke down, and she's been washing by hand ever since. He says, we need to spend money on a 410 shotgun so I can kill some rabbits. That way we won't start to death. Do you reckon that's going to be a problem? Yeah. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. Almost every case, every home could be made better if it's built on caring and looking for a way to serve one another. Not looking for self-centeredness. Not, not built on selfishness. But looking... How we can serve one another. It is, it is, and when husbands and wives can serve in ministry together, every, every family here, and, and, I, and almost this never fails, get your family involved in serving. Get them serving around the church. Go on a, go, go on a bus route. Get involved in bus ministry. Um, 
Go, I tell you what, do, get them to, load them up in the car, take them to the rest home. Go through the rooms and meet the people. Push them around and talk to them. I'm going to be honest with you. Our kids need to understand what it means to serve. Because for the most part, they're selfish and self-centered. I have never seen this to fail. I've never seen this. I've been here a long time. I've never seen this fail. I have have very little trouble out of people who are busy serving God and busy serving. Will you go to work on this bus ministry as a husband and wife? And you start going to get these kids and for the first time you walk in some of their homes and and you need to take your kids. Because our kids think they got it just the end of the world. They got it so bad, they don't know what bad is. They don't know what bad is. Are you listening? You go in some of these homes and they ain't got nothing. And these kids get on the bus and you know what they'll do? They'll just love you without reservation. They'll love you without reservation whatsoever. And then all of a sudden you start praying for them kids. And before you know it, you know what they'll do? They'll draw you together. Man, what good sight preparation that is. When we can serve together, when husbands and wives can serve God together, it is, it is unbelievable how God builds that and makes it strong because, my, what good, what good sight preparation. So tonight, we started in this building. You've got to get the sight. Now, you've got, you got to get the sight clean. They, they wouldn't have dared start building this building with this old house that was sitting here. It had to go. I mean, they, they couldn't build it around the, the old trees that was here. As a matter of fact, they, they, they took all the, the dirt off the top of this thing. They had to clean the site. And maybe tonight as we build a house that God blesses, maybe a good thing we need to do is get the site cleaned. And that is you've got to get the sin out of your life. No excuses, no crutches, no blaming anyone else in the world. Just, just say, I want my life clean. You've got to clean the site. And then once you get the site cleaned, then you've got to decide what you're going to build. Next decision we had to make was where we're going to set the church. Where we're going to set the church. And oh, I love the, I remember the day we decided where we were going to set the church. And so that's where we got to start. But you had to start the site. If you don't get the site done right, if they didn't get this dirt packed right, this, this building would be falling off down the hill in a few years. So you got to get the site out. So let's start tonight with a good site preparation. good place to start is searching your heart and making sure what am I building on? What am I building on? Are you the wise man? Are you the wise woman that's building your house on the rock? Or are you building it on the sand? Rain's coming. Storm's coming. Wind's going to blow. And one fell. And one didn't. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Tonight.